It's human psychology. It's really interesting. We glom onto things that we want to remain constant because we like constant. We like things that are consistent. Yep. And what'll happen is that you'll find you recognize a brand based on their sound almost as much, if not more, quickly than you will by their visual branding. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing about branding as far as audio is concerned is that it doesn't matter what language you speak. So a visual would be in wherever, whatever language it is in whatever country it is. But if you heard it, you could use the same audio throughout all of your global marketing with maybe some tweaks or changes and people would recognize it. Successful brands are rooted in purpose and driven by the potential to make a positive impact on their customers. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose with Amy Austin. Each week, Amy brings you practical advice to embrace the power of purpose in all aspects of your business and transform it into the central storyline for your branding and marketing strategies. Welcome to The Pursuit of Purpose. Today, my guest is Jody Krangle, and she is a voiceover artist. And what we want to talk about today is the use of sound and audio in branding, which I think is something that a lot of people, they probably recognize that there is a specific sound associated with brands, but they don't think about the intentionality and the purpose that goes behind bringing that sound to life within a brand. And so that's the conversation Jody and I are going to have today. Jody, will you just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and how you got into this line of work? That's a good question. I have been a voice actor since 2007, and I got into it probably in 95, 96 when I volunteered for the CNIB. So I was reading um, books onto tape, and it really was tape back then, reel to reels, for the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. I really didn't know what voiceover was until that point. I didn't really know it was something you could actually make a living at. <laughs> so it took me a little while actually to get into it because I didn't actually start going full time until 2007. Before that, I was a singer. I've been a singer all my life. And I also had been doing internet marketing and SEO since around 1995. So I was one of the early adopters of the internet when it first started. <laughs> I've been involved in that ever since. So when I started doing voiceovers, I really was online. I wasn't really local. So I would work with clients all over the world, and that meant that a home studio was really important. But I started a podcast of my own called Audio Branding in November of last year when it occurred to me that my portion of the audio component of a company's brand was really just a tiny portion of what they should be considering. And the voice that I gave them was helping them brand and reach the clients that they wanted to work with. And if you take that a little further, what music do they use? What sounds do they use? Do they have an ear con, you know, like a little Intel trill of notes, you know, or, you know, da 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 da. We, know, we all know yep. what that is, right? Exactly. Or the, <laughs> you know, the Netflix yeah. sound. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff that goes on. And I think that some of the people who put those together were intentional with it, but 
in a lot of cases, maybe they didn't really know what they were doing. So I think we are finding now in the age of the internet where everything is very visual, that we're being completely inundated with the visual and the emotion is being lost. And the audio portion of that reintroduces the emotional impact. And I think if we use more of that, if we're very intentional with it, it will create more of a rapport with the audience you're trying to reach. I agree completely. When you work with a client, do you coach them on this tone of voice is going to give this impression? Or maybe tell me a little bit about when you first start working with someone who's a new client, what mm -hmm. are the things that you are asking them about so that you know how to best prepare how you're going to deliver the material that they're asking you to to present for them? Well, I want to know how formal or informal the company is. So if, um, if they are informal, then I might use contractions. So it's instead of it is, mm -hmm. or, you know, don't instead of do not, this kind of thing. And if they have a particular type of audience, you know, how old are those people? Where do they usually hang out? What are their values? Who are they? And you can usually get to where you need to be once you have that kind of a background. And it's a little easier to connect with the copy once you know what their intention is. Who are they trying to reach and why? What are the tenants, I guess, of their company? Why are they doing what they do? And then you can sort of get to the emotion that you need to get to. But at the same time, most of the people that come to me, they kind of already know this. So I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel or anything like that. <laughs> sure. Um, but I would imagine there's an element that you need to understand so that you can deliver on what it is that they're anticipating and expecting from you. Oh, and definitely. If, and if they come yeah. to you and, and you start asking those questions and they have a blank look on their face. <laughs> yeah, you would hope they know these things. But, right, yeah. right. But I find in the work that I do that understanding who their clients are is often one of the biggest stumbling points and yeah. and really getting to know who they are and so this is just another layer of understanding as a business if you're going to start putting out videos which is very important in a in a tactical a tactical plan anymore is to have mm -hmm. have videos out there you need to understand what is the sound quality going to be what is the how do the words need to be delivered? And it goes beyond just understanding my voice is playful and or serious and somber. Mm -hmm. It's now you have to be able to match up that voice that you're going to hire to voice over the video to those, those tone words that you're using to define your brand. Yeah, that's very true. And part of it is what emotion do you want the listener to feel? So each company has their why, and they have their typical audience, the people mm -hmm. that they really want to reach. Now, when you get right down to it, what does that script say? So when I'm reading a script and I'm performing it for a client, generally a lot of the hints of how they want me to perform it is in the words of the script. If there aren't contractions, if there is more uh, casualness to the, uh, to the read, to the the text, if they want more pauses. It, it depends on what tone of voice they really want. And oh, like I said, a lot of the hints are in the script itself. And what, what words do they emphasize? What words do they repeat? 
what's the important, the important verbs, actually, the important actions within the script. So those are important things that I need to pay attention to. But also, I need to think about what can my voice do to help them communicate their brand. Right. And I am the first to say that I am not the right voice for every brand. I am about the furthest thing from urban and hip that you could possibly get. <laughs> so, so if you want urban and hip, you do not come to me. <laughs> Generally, no. <laughs> if you want smooth and warm and comforting and, and friendly and, you know, that kind of thing, I can do that in a heartbeat. <laughs> right. No, I, uh, and I can be formal or informal. It doesn't really matter which, you know, I can do both. But, you know, there are things I do well and things that I, I would not be hired to do. And I'm aware of that. So you know your audience very well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, you know, and it reminds me of when I worked at the university and I was involved with a lot of our, our major production. One of the first things that we would always do when we'd get ready for this is, you know, our agency would go through and give us maybe five or six different voiceover. You know, if it was predominantly voiceover, if it was an actress that was going to be on, on camera, mm -hmm. we would also listen to her voice or his voice, depending to make sure that it that they could deliver the message in the way that we that we needed it to be delivered and it was a sound that felt right mm -hmm. right i'm, yeah. I'm using air quotes here <laughs> yes. that people can't see but <laughs> you do you listen to all of those and you're like as somebody who was representing a brand at that point you could pretty quickly say no that person is not you know i i can't see that that voice being what we need to convey with this message mm -hmm. or you'd gravitate immediately to one or two of them and then it would become so difficult to figure out which one was the better fit it was a fascinating process because honestly until i went through that i had never really i had never really gotten into the weeds of how do you select mm -hmm. yeah how, how do you select that and really feel confident in the tone that you're putting forward because it is delivered in the tone of the voice? Um, yeah. You don't in a lot want of somebody cases... who's got the screeching sound or, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe there is a time when you do want that, but, but you have to know what your end result needs to be and then come back to finding a voice that fits that. And the same is true for music and oh totally yeah and for like you said those those the ear cons the ear cons thank you yeah <laughs> um, because those become so quickly associated with a brand they in do in a way yeah. that you know i wonder sometimes if if some of them that we know so well if that was an intended thing or if it became kind of a you know what this is this is becoming more popular than what we realized let's leverage this <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, in some cases, I'm not sure, but I know, for instance, that the NBC logo was actually um, uh, tonally needed, I guess, in the early days of television. It yes. was something that they used to start things off. It just became synonymous with the channel and people recognized it. It's human psychology. It's really interesting. We glom onto things that we want to remain constant because we like constant. We like things that are consistent. Yep. And what'll happen is that you'll find you recognize a brand based on their sound almost as much, if not more, quickly than you will by their visual branding. 
-hmm. And the interesting thing about branding as far as audio is concerned is that it doesn't matter what language you speak. So a visual would be in wherever, whatever language it is in whatever country it is. But if you heard it, you could use the same audio throughout all of your global marketing with maybe some tweaks or changes and people would recognize it. And you wouldn't need to print anything. <laughs> exactly. Very true. So it, yeah, it's pretty universal. It's one of those things that, that hits us really hard in the heart immediately, really fast. Mm -hmm. So it induces emotion. Yeah. And we don't buy based on logic. We have never bought based on logic. We buy based on emotions and then justify it with logic. <laughs> exactly. So when you can reach someone emotionally really quickly, like a shorthand, like it gets there in a second, that is something that you really want to use to your advantage. And, you know, like anything, you can use it for good or you can use it for evil. <laughs> Very true. Well, so and I was really thinking, depends. you know, how often do you hear people humming the Jeopardy sound, yes. yeah. you know, little music bed, when they're waiting for someone to give you an answer back yes. on something. You and know, it you, means the same thing to everyone who knows, Exactly. Right? It is yeah. that universally understood audio, because it's not mm -hmm. words, it's just that audio track that we now associate with providing an answer. It's so true. And you know, it's interesting, in the casino industry, this is regulated. Um, really? Yes. There is a fellow that I interviewed. His name is John McLean, and he does sound design for casino slot machines. He's done that kind of thing, what they call the win music mm -hmm. um, for many, many years. One of the things that he said was, you know, that whole shave and a haircut thing, right? Da, 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 da. Uh -huh. You can't not finish that song in a win sound on a slot machine. Because if you do that, it's too manipulative. Because people will continue playing until they hear that last sound. They're compelled to do Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah. So in the casino industry, this is regulated. But there's nothing that does that in the advertising industry, strangely. No. So, yeah, that's something to think about. Wow. I found it really fascinating. That yeah. is very fascinating. <laughs> I'm going to have to go find that episode of your, of your show. It's one of the earlier listen, ones. But listen yeah. to that one. Yeah, he's, he's, he was fascinating. He actually teaches a course at UNLV, uh, a film course at UNLV, and he talks a lot about how music influences what we feel about what we see on a screen. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we just watched, thanks to Disney+, Plus, mm -hmm. we've now watched Hamilton twice over the last, yes. you know, couple of weeks, and... There are so many things, well, the whole thing is sung, basically, except sure, for, yeah. I mean, there's like four lines of spoken word, it feels like, mm -hmm. in there. But there's so much of that that is such a catchy tune. Immediately when you hear it, you go back to, you can visualize what's happening on the stage. Yes. You know, if you yeah. know the music well enough, mm -hmm. you know you know what's going on when the Schuyler sisters come on. You know what's going on when Aaron Burth sings about Theodosia. I mean, it, it's it's there and it's creating that imagery mm -hmm. for you just from hearing the music. Yeah. Um, like I said, it gets you there really quick. It's, it it's does. It's an emotional shorthand. Right. And it's and it, one of our strongest senses, that and smell. I think we discount that emotion too much. 
yes. or that 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 sense, not emotion. We discount it to the point of sound. I don't think that makes that much of a difference, right? Mm -hmm. Or the, you know, when I was going through the process of picking music for my podcast, when I was getting ready to launch this, it was mm -hmm. trying to figure out, okay, what out of, out of all these thousands and thousands <laughs> of files that I could look at of, of sound beds, what did I want that to convey? What message did I want to have come across through that music. But then I also had to be able, once I decided on that, I also had to make sure that my voice matched it. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, from a, if it's more upbeat, I can't have a dry delivery like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Because there'd be this huge disconnect and then it would be a, a confusion point related to my brand. Well, I will say, for instance, we were talking about scripts and voiceover work previously. One of the best things that helps me get where I need to go for a client is if they send me the music they want to use, because then I know what I need to do to match my voice to that music. If that's the tone they're going for, then my voice needs to match that musical tone. Exactly. And being a musician, I can get there really quick. Sure. But it, it, it helps me. It's, it's an emotional shorthand for me to know exactly what they need as far as the tone of how that script should be performed. So I'm looking at, you provided this really great resource in terms of the tips that we should think about as it relates to selecting audio in building out our brands. And we've talked about a couple of them already. We talked about deciding who you want to reach. And we've touched a little bit on that understanding why, why you're doing and I love this quote that you have on here. Sound is the quickest way to a person's heart. Know what you want them to feel and you'll be halfway there. So the third one that you have on here is actually decide what media you want to focus on first. Yeah. Why, why is that important? Because a television commercial is functioning far different from a radio commercial, for instance. If you, if you think about what video does for audio when they work together, the audio needs to, they really should call what I do voice under because really my voice is underneath the video to help explain or emphasize what's being shown in the video. That's really when you're talking about video working with a voiceover and with music, that's what you're talking about. I don't have to say everything, every single thing because you don't need theater of the mind as much because it's being shown to you. Right. So you're really there in a video component more to help point out the points of emphasis. Yes. Yeah. If you watch a video and it goes through a series of scenes, I guess, events, even like a montage, right? You want to explain the montage, but you don't want to go overboard. Right. You don't want to explain every single thing. But the video message will match the voiceover message. And when you're talking about the difference between a video and not having a video to explain anything to anyone, then the radio commercial where there's no video, you need way more theater of the mind. So the voice is maybe a little louder. You may have more of a character read. It just needs to create pictures in your mind because the pictures aren't there for you. So these are different types of audio that would be used depending on where you're putting things. And you need, for video, you might need music, you might need voiceover, you might need sound effects. For radio, you might rely a little more heavily on the sound effects because you need to create that environment where the voiceover would happen. And there's probably music in there too. 
but you need to create that theater of the mind, that mm -hmm. environment where, where the person listening can imagine because they don't have the video in front of them. And it's the same when you're creating anything for, you know, online. It depends on what medium it's going to be viewed in. And it depends on who's going to be watching it, too. Because people putting their videos and such on their website and their social media is different than a television commercial, is different than a radio commercial. Paid placement, usually those ads are way shorter. So if you're talking about a little pre-thing before a YouTube video, it's usually around six seconds long. Or if it's not six seconds, you want to get the meat of what you want to say in those six seconds because that's when the skip ads comes on, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, so there's, there's different things to think about when you're, when you're talking about this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The next tip that you have is actually one that I spend a lot of time with my clients um, helping them identify, which is their brand voice. Mm -hmm. And when and I say voice, I don't mean voiceover. I mean voice as in the image in the audio that they want to present exactly. all around. Yep. Yeah. And when I talk with my clients about brand voice, what I'm wanting to get them to is, you know, what, what are the key characteristics of your brand as if it's a person? How do yeah, they speak exactly. to you? Yeah. You know, yeah. Are, they, are they that urban hip person? Mm -hmm. You know, and is that what your brand is? It doesn't represent that. So what, what kind of voice does that person have? Mm -hmm. You know, and how do you speak? Are you, you know, are you playing the hero in the, in the scene? Or are you a, you know, are you a caregiver and more nurturing? You know, because those are going to be two very different voices that you're going to use regardless of whether or not it's someone like you that's, that's presenting it in an audio form or if it's the way it's written that's mm -hmm. the that's the voice you need to know that to know how to present your own voice yeah to that brand right um yeah donald miller is an author and yes. teacher actually and and he has something a book called story brand yep i which, talk about um, it a lot in his book he suggests that people who are selling a product want to be a guide rather yes. than the hero because the person who's buying the product is the hero you're making them look good. Right. That's your job. Right. 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 <laughs> so yeah, a brand voice. Yeah, it does have a lot to do with who you're presenting yourself as. And you want to make sure that you're reaching that client in an authentic way that feels good to them as something that would help them get their goals. Correct. Just to clarify one thing, when I said, when I went to Hero, Mm -hmm. What I was thinking about is I tend to take my clients through an archetype quiz and okay. hero is one of the archetypes. Sure. And so it is challenging when you look at saying, okay, when you follow story brand, because I fully believe that of that you are here to be a guide, mm -hmm. but you're guiding them as there, there are characteristics of a hero person that then yes. you put into your guide role to help them move forward. Yeah. So, and I just had a client who that's where they landed was in the hero archetype. So that was why it was top of mind. But I, I fully agree with you that it needs to be, we're, Not all we're the there time. to guide yeah. people through to make the decision and help them come to that, that, that space they need to be. And that's part of the voice yes. that they're doing. Yeah. Definitely. So you also share a number of places where you can look for music. I don't know that we necessarily need to get to go through that fully, but but the one thing I think is interesting about that is understanding 
how music can be used and how audio, like if, if I was to engage with you mm -hmm. um, to do voiceover work with me, there are limitations of how long I'd be able to use that and how, how, um, well, it would be where it would be used geographically, how many people would hear it. Right. And for how long. All of those and things. in what get, medium. Are yeah. considered as it relates to how you are compensated for the work that you do, which that, <laughs> again, going back to when I, you know, my first exposures to some of, of this type of, mm -hmm. of artistry, I was, I had never thought about how do vocal artists get paid for the work that they're doing. And, and if it's something that's going to run on television and you hear it year after year, you know, or if it's the same thing and it runs for six months and then it's gone, mm -hmm. is it a one and done? Is it a royalty? You know, that's, yeah. that's a whole different aspect of, of business are, yeah. that, yeah. that gets kind of confusing. Honestly, there's there's a time. lot of considerations. Yeah, definitely. Um, one of the biggest ones is, is it non-union or union? If it's a union job, then there are things called residuals. So every, I believe it's 13 weeks, every 13 weeks, if it's a broadcast spot, the talent is paid a, a portion of something every 13 weeks that that television or radio or online ad runs. And that has to do with how many people are hearing it for how long and uh, in what mediums. So television typically pays a little more than radio. I'm not sure how valid that is anymore because television is kind of dying. I hate to say it. <laughs> it is. An, it, I, okay, streaming media is still hugely popular. And those are television shows in a lot mm -hmm. of cases. Yep. But actual traditional television with commercials starting to fade away. Yeah, it is. It's definitely changing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So if it's union, there's something called residuals. If it's non-union, then again, it has to do with how long it's running, how many people are seeing it. So is it local, is it regional, or is it national, or is it international? And depending on how large the campaign is, the vocal talent, the voice talent usually is compensated depending on those things. When you think about it, it's a really, really small percentage of how much money the people who are buying these things are going to make. <laughs> True. Uh, but it's a lot like licensing music. Mm -hmm. So you, you license it for a certain time. And then once that time is up, you have to re-up. Yeah. I, I'm glad that we had that, that brief conversation about it. Because I think mm -hmm. in addition to, to people just not really thinking about the value of that audio brings mm -hmm. to, to their brand and to the work that they're doing to convey their brand... I think it's also then equally important to understand what additional expense or yes. different, might not be additional, mm -hmm. but different style of expense than what they're used to mm -hmm. will come about as a result of being that much more intentional in how you you do your audio as opposed to just saying, yeah. it's my business, I'm going to just voice it myself and you <laughs> yeah. know, that sort in of thing. In some cases, that'll work. In some cases, it's a major mistake. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. You know, it, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But, you know, when you're talking about marketing in general, you're also talking about licensing the music. You're also talking about licensing for the actors that are in your uh, commercial or the, um, the faces of the models that you have in your prints stuff. You know, all of these are an expense that you need to take into account.
don't. And they aren't a one-off usually. No. These things are licensed. Yeah. Now, these days when you're talking about advertising, it doesn't tend to last 10 years. No. You know, it's six months, a year, maybe two. I, you know, there's not a whole lot of stuff that lasts beyond two years, really, because things are changing so much. (laughs) Right. But the thing that you may see repeated over, Mm -hmm. over time like that is because someone becomes so associated yes with a brand yeah that it's always going to be that voice and if that voice changes or that picture or that, or that picture, person's face or exactly well yeah. and like when we when we talked in prep for this mm-hmm. one of the things that i had mentioned to you is that a, a television station in my home state Mm-hmm. their their intro, their closing, any of their station ID tags, that sort of thing is all voiced by an anchor who had been yes. on on air for them for years. He's been retired probably 20 plus years, mm-hmm. but he's still voicing all of their station ID and, and promos and things because he is such a well-known voice associated with that television station. And it's just long-standing, and it provides continuity to their brand. Yeah, the consistency that we all like, that we were talking about before, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, for people who watched him when he was on air, it probably Mm -hmm. gives them a sense of calm and Mm -hmm. elevates the trust in the station and feels like it's the same station that they were watching 30 years ago. But even though his face isn't on the news anymore, his voice is still there. We still hear. Well, yeah. Another one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this audio branding thing is that I started to see that brands were switching their audio like frenetically all the time switching voices, switching music, doing all of all these little things to try a bunch of stuff. And I think what they were doing was alienating their clients because nothing was consistent. I'm not talking about the companies that have the earcons because those are consistent and they keep using those and that's right. great. But I think a lot of companies could actually benefit from having a brand voice, from having one voice actor, I don't care if it's me or 50 other people, but a brand voice, a voiceover artist of some kind that consistently speaks of their message. Because I think we we get comfortable. We'd like to be comfortable. And if that comfort level is with a sound that you associate and love and are a fan of uh, with that brand, then it really is a highly effective marketing technique. And I don't think nearly enough people use that. I would agree with you 100%. One of the things that I, that I really focus on with clients is understanding that clarity, continuity, and, or clarity, consistency, and confidence mm-hmm. that comes from that. And it works both ways. You know, when you're consistent and have that clarity of voice, you're confident in that you're delivering the right message. Mm -hmm. But to your audience, when they have that clarity and consistency, they are going to be more confident in you as a business as well. Yeah. And so having, having that consistency of voice, meaning your voice or, you know, the same voiceover actor Mm -hmm. being the one that's delivering the message each and every time is going to create that confidence and recognition Mm -hmm. and make your marketing work harder for you easier. 
like I was talking about before, there's an emotional shorthand that goes into this. Exactly. So once people recognize the voice of, and I'm not talking just about voiceovers, I'm talking about the whole audio picture. Once they recognize what that is and they get invested in recognizing that and understanding it and being a fan of it, if you start changing that every six months, you know, they're, they're going to wonder what the hell's going on. <laughs> exactly. Well, it'd be like changing your logo every six months. Well, yeah, exactly. But what happens is people don't change their logo for 20 years, but they'll change their voice actor every six months. And it's like, well, that's kind of a disconnect. Mm -hmm. What the hell? <laughs> you right. know, and it, I think there's an aspect of this where if you are way more consistent with the, the visual than you are with the audio, there's a disconnect. And people will stop trusting you without knowing why. It's a subconscious thing that we don't understand exactly what the, the inconsistency is, but we recognize it. We know it's there, yeah. but we can't quite put our finger on it. Right? It's yeah, that. and it's, so it rubs us the wrong way and we'll just walk away. I agree. So I think it's important that both of them work in concert. Definitely. Well, Jody, thank you so much for this conversation. I think, I think we've given... Our, my listeners a lot to think about as it relates <laughs> to the decision-making process that they put behind mm -hmm. selecting audio of any sort, whether it's voice, music, or the ear cons that they, mm -hmm. that may end up being associated with their brand. So sure. with that, so. yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, with that, Jody, will you share with my listeners how they can find you and be able to hear your voice more? <laughs> Well, I am at voiceoversandvocals.com. That's my uh, voiceover website. I also have a audio branding podcast, which is at audiobrandingpodcast.com. Uh, and I do have a download that was the PDF that you were looking at there yep. that'll help people solidify what their audio branding strategy might be. It just gives them a little more intention and some questions to ask themselves. And that is at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. Great. And don't worry, I will <laughs> put all notes. of those <laughs> links in the show notes. Um, but for those of you that are, are wanting to make sure that you know how to be able to reach out to Jody, that's how you can do that. So thank you so much, Jody, for being on the show today. I have enjoyed our conversation and <laughs> I already know I'm going to have a heightened awareness to the audio that I hear in the coming days of what what is a branded sound that <laughs> that I may not be thinking about. So. Well, then my job is done. <laughs> exactly. Such a fun conversation with Jody. You know, as I re-listened to that in the editing process, I was struck by how much emphasis she puts on understanding the depth and the purpose of the brand when she is doing her work and creating the best possible work for the clients that have hired her to be the vocal representation of their brands. And so I challenge you to think about that as you're putting together videos or as you're putting together things that you are putting a voice to. Are you giving that person the kind of information that they need to really know you and know your brand so they deliver it in a way that represents what and how you want to be represented or how you want your brand to be represented. 
in addition to the emotion that you're trying to convey with the messaging that you're sharing. There's a lot to think about in this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned some things about the sounds that become part of our brand. Something that Jody said that really has stuck with me is that music is like an emotional shorthand. Audio really is that emotional shorthand. It helps us create the image in someone's mind, the feelings that we want them to have, and enhances what they're seeing. And that sound and smell are two of the strongest senses that we have. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I will make sure that all of the links that Jody referenced are in the show notes so that you can check out her podcast and make sure to download that valuable resource that we talked about during the conversation. And just to wrap this up, the other thing I wanted to remind you of is that I'm starting the Brand Confidence Mastermind. And if you are interested in becoming an advisory member of that group, please reach out to me. It's a group coaching program that I'm starting that allows you to get some accountability around your marketing and your branding. You'll have twice a month coaching sessions with me and a group of others that are part of the cohort. We'll do hot seat coaching. You'll have some accountability. We'll do some goal setting with the goal of getting you to the point where you are feeling confident in your ability to consistently and clearly convey your brand messages in a way that elevates your business to the levels that you desire it to be. So if you're interested in that opportunity, like I said, an advisory member of that group, please reach out to me at amy at amyaustinmarketing.com and we'll talk about whether or not it's a good fit for you and what the details are related to that. I'll also put a link in the show notes to the page on my website with more information about that program. I look forward to talking to you about it and come back next week for some more purposeful branding discussions. This has been the Pursuit of Purpose podcast presented by Austin Marketing. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. Head over to amyaustinmarketing.com for links and resources mentioned in today's show, as well as ways to subscribe and connect with Amy. Thanks for listening.